0: welcome to well-versed where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you this is the Wellversed
1: podcast we have a special guest today I'm, I'm so eager for you to meet and i'll tell you what i'm gonna do i'm gonna give my wife the honors of introducing our special guest because she knew him way before i did she knew him way before he was married in fact you were at his wedding
0: i knew uh, i knew josh i first met him in texas At one of our initial gatherings where Jews and Christians came together in support of Israel and to counter the propaganda um, that was being spread about Israel and also to stand against the terrorism that was rising up in the Intifada of that day. And we began an association alignment working together, and then I was with Josh in Scotland. Give his last name. Reinstein. Joshua Reinstein. What What a proper name, Joshua, for this man of God who, when we were in Scotland, he shared how he was inspired by William Wallace of Scotland and that heroic effort that he led to fight and contend for his nation. And so we have a modern day, William Wallace, we have a modern day Joshua who is who is bringing the truth about Israel and allowing us to stand together as as Christians and Jews for the nation of Israel and bringing in alignment of nations, their governments, and and, um, commitment and and purposes to stand with Israel. So important in this day to receive the blessing of the Lord upon uh, not only Israel, but upon the nations that are joined together with God's purposes in this hour so he is in the very front lines of preparing the way for Messiah's coming and lining up biblical governance worldwide
1: as a, a Jewish man from Israel he's highly respected here in the states has spoken in many many churches he's come to a lot of he's worked with Christians all over the world uh helping us to understand better about israel so it, and we enjoyed one of our most fun things in israel was going to a shabbat dinner in his home and his wife yeah. is a good cook by the way folks yeah. very good good with yeah. that having been said joshua thank you for being on the call with us
2: well thanks so much for having me uh what a warm introduction it's great to see you all rosemary as you mentioned we've been friends for 20 years now which is quite amazing and jim uh, you know how much i appreciate all that you do so it's great to be here on the show, and, and thank you for for having me.
1: We're going to jump right into the questions. I'm going to give you. I'm going to throw two questions at you, sort of double barreled. Uh, the first one is: give us an overall assessment where we are in Israel right now, as it relates to the struggle uh, that's happening. So give us an overview of that. We're obviously listening to the news every day constantly, uh, but you will have insights that we do not know the second thing I'm going to broaden it out since you had a, you'll explain to people in the second part your leadership in the Israel allies caucus and what that is and what that means and your relationship with leadership government in nations all over the world you are profoundly connected that being the case, uh, I'm curious what nations are standing with Israel standing firm their their political leadership. A prime minister a president um, a king or 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 perhaps their parliament or their congress are standing with israel and which ones are not are you surprised at some who are standing with israel are you surprised that some who are not standing with israel so give us an overview we're separating sheep from goats here give us an overview of who's willing to stand with israel and who's not but first let's just give an overview of the war
2: well yeah thank you again um people of Israel are reeling after the biggest uh, terrorist attacks since the Holocaust. Um, we saw the videos of women being raped, babies being beheaded, uh, whole families lit on fire. It's, it was a shock, uh, even though we know the ferocity of our enemies. Uh, we know that Hamas is like ISIS, and um, but we never thought something like this could happen. And so I went down with a group of members of Knesset from our parliament and ambassadors to see see it for myself. Go down to Kibbutz Berry and Kfar Aza and really the, the things I saw will haunt me forever. Uh, it was terrifying to see the, the destruction that was waged on the people of Israel, the smell of death in the air. The stories that will come out of there uh, in the weeks and months ahead uh, will be likened to the Holocaust and will be round shaking. It was uh, the savage murder of over 1400 Israelis, mostly uh, civilians. Uh, It was a devastating terror attack whereby over 220 citizens were actually kidnapped and taken back. And and those were the lucky ones. The rest were left maimed and burnt and uh, killed. Whole families wiped out. Three generations of families wiped out, including Holocaust survivors. So to see that kind of destruction was not just jarring, but it was a real wake-up call for the people. I think the, the big question is, how did we get here? Uh, and and what people in Israel are thinking is that we're seeing for the last few decades this terrible policy of appeasement. Uh, we see it with Iran in trying to do this JCPO nuclear deal where they're giving them more money and sanctions relieved and begging them, please don't have nuclear weapons that they f- furiously work towards nuclear nuclear weapons to try to wipe Israel off the map. Uh, we see it uh, all over the world with the funding of Hamas, with the funding of the PA and their terror textbooks that teach generations of children, uh, you know, t- t- talking in mantras like two-state solution, uh, whereas uh, well, there will be two states in this land, one for the Palestinians, one for Israelis, while the Palestinians only want war. Uh, So it's been a real policy of appeasement by the international community, but also in Israel. I mean, I I don't think uh, you have to look too far back to see the disengagement, the uprooting of homes and synagogues, people and cemeteries being dug up uh, in a way just to give this land away to the Hamas terrorists, which uh, they had, you know, the most beautiful piece of land on the Mediterranean. They had billions of dollars in money coming from countries. They could have built it into a paradise. And yet they used all that money to subjugate not just the people, but to create more weapons and terror tunnels. Uh, We saw it in the Gilad Shalit deal where they kidnapped a soldier and we gave over a thousand terrorists uh, with blood on their hands in exchange for them. People who later on committed heinous acts of terrorism, killing more Israelis. So the writing was on the wall. This, This is something that people are now understanding that it was inevitable that something like this is gonna happen. And really the question is, what do we need now? And and what we need is resolve and we need time. Uh, First of all, we need resolve. We need to strengthen our leaders because as you mentioned, there are people out out there, heads of states and presidents already saying we need a ceasefire. We haven't even started the war. We haven't even gone in yet. And they're calling for a ceasefire. The, The president of the United States is bringing $100 million worth of goods for what they call civilian Aid, humanitarian aid, but everyone knows that Hamas controls everything. Uh, And it's them who's going to be taking these supplies and using it to turn it into more terror. Uh, And so we need the result, but we also need time. This is going to take a long time. The government of Israel is dedicated to wiping out Hamas. Uh, We need to make a big statement here. And at the same time, we have Hezbollah on our northern border and we have uh, Iran who's still working for a nuclear bomb and are only weeks away from it so there's a lot of challenges here but what we need is Christians to stand up and say listen give Israel the chance to take care of this on their own give them the time to get it done and give them the resolve that we're not going to start taking the Hamas misinformation ministry's numbers on dead and wounded let them get the job done you know no one no one handicapped uh, uh americans the war against isis uh when they went in and, and had to do the same type of thing but now people are calling for restraint uh we heard uh just obama the former president saying that you know they got a right fight a a humanitarian war I, I don't even know what that means you know israel is the most humanitarian army in the world uh and we completely comply with the geneva convention but if this means that we can't take out the terror tunnels we can't shoot at places that the Hamas say are schools, even though there's thousands of rockets under them, it's really going to be a high toll for Israel to pay. So I hope that we have the strength and resolve. And I think that Christians have a major role to play in this. And the reason I'm saying that is because of your next question, Jim, about who's standing with Israel. Now, I've been saying for many years now.
1: Just before you go to that question, can you uh, hold one moment and answer this? Why... Has it taken so long? Why the delay of going in? What we've heard a lot of theories. What do you think is the real reason that there's a delay of going in ground forces to Gaza? Why is it delayed that long?
2: Well, I think it's a very uh, dangerous move, uh, and so people are trying to train for it, weigh the options, make sure we have the equipment to do it. Uh, what what you know, most people here saying is, why not just take everything out from the air? And so there's a lot of people saying we have to worry about civilian casualties on their side. And most Israelis are like, well, what about the civilian casualties on our side? So I think there's an internal struggle going on about how this is going to look. Are we really going to send in thousands of soldiers into booby trap tunnels to try to make sure that all their women and children are not being used as human shields when we know they are and make sure they don't get hurt so that our soldiers get hurt? Uh, these are the questions that are being brought up now. Are there other options to this? And also, there's a lot of pressure to let humanitarian aid in. There's also the issue of the hostages. Uh, people want to give more time to get the hostages out. But the truth is, no one really knows why it's taking so long. You know, the Army has come out and said they're ready for this. It's a decision that needs to be made uh, on the timing. Um, the only people who really know are our Prime Minister Netanyahu Netanyahu, um, uh, Gantz, who is the uh, in the Security Council now, and our Defense Minister, Joe Galant. So those people are, are meeting with the military officials, and they're going to make the call. Uh, but uh, it is a great question, and people are starting to think, what's happening? Are we not going in? Are we going to go in? Are we going to first bomb from the air? Are we going to flood the tunnels? Uh, there's a lot of different options that we have at our disposal, and they have to make this next move very carefully. Very
1: good. Thank you for that. Now let's go right into the where you were beginning to talk about nations. Give us an overview of how the nations are standing, or those that are not standing, with Israel this time. But you, you work the Israel Allies Caucus works with how many different nations?
2: Well, I'll I'll start by saying what I've been saying for the last decade: it's really Christians, not countries, that stand with Israel, uh, and you can see who if you you can see who exactly who's standing with Israel. Based on the population in those countries, uh, any place that has a majority Bible-believing Christian uh, population is standing with Israel firmly. Uh, and we see that also in America. Uh, America standing with Israel firmly. You know, there's a lot of pressure from the Biden administration to do uh, different things to hold off on, you know, fighting the Northern Front. But you heard his speech. He came out pretty strong in, in support of Israel. Um, we don't know what's happening in the in the back rooms, but when you look at the nations, it's always the Christian nations that stand with Israel, whether it be Papua New Guinea or uh, Moldova or Liberia or Sierra Leone or Uganda or Hungary. or These places have a large Christian population that are very vocal in standing with Israel. And that's why in 2004 we launched the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus. Uh, the idea was to build direct relationships and and proper paths of communication and cooperation with Christian leaders around the world, Christian leaders like you, Jim, and Rosemary. And that's how I actually met Rosemary in 2004. And since then, uh, we started the Israel Allies Foundation. And the Israel Allies Foundation uh, coordinates the activities of 53 caucuses in 53 countries around the world, more than 1,500 legislators in our network. Uh, It's the largest pro-Israel network of legislators, and it's become the diplomatic Iron Dome for Israel. And so what we've developed is a concept called faith-based diplomacy. And faith-based diplomacy is simply when people take their biblical support for Israel and turn it into real political action. Now, you've seen the faith-based diplomacy in action over the last few years. Uh, The embassy moves to Jerusalem. Uh, Again, you can just look at the countries who moved their embassy. Those are Christian countries. Uh, Countries that have used the fact that so many Christians stand with Israel to do that. Anti-BDS legislation, anti-Semitism legislation that we see around the world. uh, That comes from faith-based diplomacy. Christians getting involved with the political process and getting the work done. Uh, Even having uh, observer status at the African Union was an example of faith-based diplomacy. We saw that with the president of DRC. Um, I was in September at the uh, opening of the Papua New Guinea Embassy. And the president came out and he said, if you're a Christian and you don't recognize that David's capital, Jerusalem, belongs to the Jewish people, then you're not really a Christian. And I think that a lot of people understand now what I've been saying, that it's Christians, not countries that stand with Israel. And you can see this in every facet. You can see it in the media battle. You can see it on the social media. You can see it who's standing at the rallies with the Jewish people around the world. These are all Christian churches, organizations, leaders who are standing with Israel, and they're bringing their governments with them. And so we're seeing an outpouring of support and words from many of the big countries. You know, we, we had uh, this week uh, Macron from France. We had the German chancellor before. We had President Biden. But it's the countries that have a lot of Christian support where we're getting the real support on the ground. But the problem is, is that support will only hold up so long. You know, eventually everyone's going to turn on Israel. It's, it's something that uh, happens every time that we're in conflict. Uh, a lot of people are okay to mourn dead Jews, but they don't like supporting the Jews who fight back. And so we know in Israel that ultimately, in the end, we're going to have to go this alone. But just to that point as well, you know, we're a Bible-believing country as, uh, as well. And we know uh, that God is on our side. Uh, I think that something that has been amazing to see over the last three weeks is people becoming more practicing as Jews. There was an article that came out that, you know how it says in the Bible, you have to have fringes on your garments. They're called tzitzit. There was a mad rush to prepare 60,000 pairs of tzitzit for our soldiers that didn't have it. Uh, People are coming together in prayer in Israel because we know that we're not going to win this war because we're the best soldiers or we have the best technology. We know that when the people of Israel go to war, God is with us. It's only when we don't fight that we lose. But once we fight, God will be with us. And so uh, we're seeing a lot of bad actors come out against Israel, whether it be the comments from uh, the Muslim uh, Islamic countries like Qatar, Iran, of course, who's been uh, moving all these pieces. Uh, obviously, Hamas and Hezbollah are the proxy armies of Iran. Uh, they've been very supportive of these terror attacks and giving them financing and weapons and training to do it. Uh, we have Qatar, who's who has you know, the heads of Hamas sitting in five-star hotels right now uh, while they're putting out propaganda on their Al Jazeera TV station. Uh, we have Turkey, uh, who's hosting uh, some of the leadership of Hamas there as well. We're also hearing from countries like Russia who and China, who are making moral equivalents uh, between the horrible heinous crimes, the, the pogrom, the horrible terrorist attack that happened And our defense of it. And so we're seeing that more from countries that are not aligned with Israel. And we're seeing great support from Western countries. But we believe ultimately and inevitably the Western support will also wane as we get into this fight. Because this isn't going to take days. It's going to take weeks and months uh, to get the job done. And I, I think that we need to have the stomach to get through this and make sure we do it right. And that's why Christian support is so important.
1: Uh, embellish that a little bit more. We believe that the Western support is going to wane. Walk me through a little bit more. And does that, in your perception, are you including America in that?
2: Well, I think so. I think we're gonna see um, calls for ceasefires. Also, we we just heard from Anthony Blinken, the, the Secretary of State saying that maybe a pause would be a good idea right now to allow for humanitarian corridor. Uh, we're going to hear from all the nations that are standing up with Israel now. They're going to call for a ceasefire. They're going to call to stop what's going on. And you have to understand that the majority of countries in the world are dictators and and, and tyrants. Uh, they're run by dictators and tyrants. We just saw the head of the UN uh, come out and say that, the writing was on the wall. You know, you should have expected this. This is all because it's all Israel's fault. They did this. You know, there's calls for him to resign now, but there's no chance he's going to resign because that's what the majority of countries want to hear. So the Western countries that are standing with us now, as we go in and we fight this out, I think also their support will wane, and that's why it's so important for Christians and the grassroots to stand with Israel and say they need the time to get the job done. They need the weapons to get the job done. And they need to get the handcuffs off. You can't fight a war with one hand tied behind your back. This isn't a humanitarian war. We're we're out there to wipe out Hamas.
1: We uh, have been concerned about what Biden is saying when he he expresses public support. But then behind the back, what is going on is he's stabbing Netanyahu behind the back. We don't know what happened in the meeting, uh, Blinken's meeting for seven hours with Israeli military leadership what happened in that meeting was he trying to force them to back up on their on their plans we don't know we're not privy to those conversations but we are concerned can if in the event that that the occupant of the white house does not stay with israel that would be so painful to observe if he does not actually firmly stand with israel i don't know where he's at but if he does not does israel have the resources it needs to carry this war for the length of time it has to, to address not only
2: Hamas, Hezbollah, and in some way, uh, Iran? Again, that's more of a military question. I believe the answer is a resounding yes. Uh, we've been preparing for a fight with, with Gaza and on our northern border for uh, the better part of two decades. Uh, we have the most advanced uh, army and weapon systems in the world. Uh, I think uh, ultimately, and it's this is history speaking, the Jewish people always have to go it alone. Um, it's great to have the the great support and the public speeches, uh, but you see what's happening in America. There's a lot of pressure on this administration to turn on Israel. You see the rallies of uh, Islamists on the streets in New York and California and Washington, D.C. You see the university campuses while, where they're just cheering on the, the murder of babies. Uh, there's conversations on on Twitter about, oh, were the babies shot or are they beheaded? Like it makes a difference. And, and that would you know make their decision not to support it. it it's really disgusting. And it's the same live libel that we've seen uh, throughout the ages, throughout the last 2000 years. But the pressure in the Democratic Party because of the squad and, and, the, and the progressive movement that has aligned themselves with radical Islam is, is a real thing. Uh, so far, the president has been very firm in his support for Israel. But also, you know, it's, it's not a secret that he asked Israel not to flare tensions on the northern border. You know, we got Hezbollah there with 150,000 rockets. They killed seven soldiers already this week. And still, it's just tit for tat. We're just blowing up the people who are shooting at us and not really going in there. We're hearing calls for a pause, a ceasefire, humanitarian aid. These are all things uh, that we were against. Um, and so there is obviously pressure on that point as well. But then there might be the the bright spot. It could be that America is really going to fall through and resupply all of our missiles and weapon systems. And maybe that's a calculated decision that the leaders of Israel make. The the answer is this, Jim. The responsibility to protect the citizens of Israel falls on the shoulders of the leaders of Israel. It is up to the prime minister and the military to defend the people. And so they have to make the decisions, even if there's a lot of pressure out there, What are they going to do? And the people of Israel want to take out Hamas. It's been said by our defense minister, our prime minister, that the goal is that there will be no Hamas at the end of this military campaign. The question of how to get there is always the, the, you know, they say the devil's in the details. It's always going to be, you know, how do we do it and how do we do it with less uh, casualties? But Israel needs to be strong and have resolve. And again, when we fight, God is with us. Uh, You know, it says in the book of Joshua, have courage and do not be dismayed freedom and courage will win, the purveyors of panic will lose. And so we know that when we go forth and we fight, we will win, uh, but we have to have the resolve to do it. As you talked about these pro Hamas rallies, be aware, and I'm sure you're hearing them, there's lots
1: of pro-Israel rallies too taking place. You're surely aware of what happened last Sunday afternoon in Geneva, Switzerland, a strong rally there, Trafalgar Square in London. Uh, we were in two of them here in our city, Thursday night was one organized by evangelicals. On Sunday afternoon, it was one organized by Jewish organizations, uh, quite a few different Jewish organizations. My wife and I had the privilege of speaking at both of these. And our message is the same. That the evangelicals we know around the world are continuing to stand. The numbers could be as high as 700 million evangelicals around the world. They overwhelmingly support Israel. I don't know what the numbers are here in the U.S. We hear as low as 60, as high as 100 million evangelicals. I don't know for sure how that counting is done, but virtually all the evangelicals we know are standing uh, with Israel. There's only tiny pockets uh, of people that I've heard of who who are not, and and they're buried back, and they have little influence, but uh, all the ones that we know are standing
2: rock-solid with Israel, and Uh, Just to that point, Jim, I can say that you're 100% right, and I I mentioned that before. The the people who are coming to the aid of the Jewish people are bible believing Christians. We see that in the rallies all over the world. I spoke to a rally of 300 pastors in Liberia. Uh, We organized a rally of 1,500 people in Uganda. Uh, There were 27,000 people that came out in Berlin. This Sunday will be the largest pro-Israel Christian rally at the Canada Christian College with Jewish and Christian leaders. So. All over the world, and especially in America—not just America, but especially in America—it is Christians who are standing with the Jewish people, and that's that's the real difference. That's the real difference this time around. We have two big differences. You know, we have a saying, a prayer in Hebrew that every time, every generation, they come against us, and God saves us from their hand. But in all those other generations, we had a major disadvantage. So first of all, uh, we didn't have an army. We didn't have a government. We didn't have uh, the ability to defend ourselves. Today we have Israel, one of the strongest, most powerful countries in the world. I think it was rated number 10 in the world of the most powerful countries because of our military, because of our training and technology. So we have a, a, a way to fight back this time. And secondly, for the first time in 2,000 years, we're not alone. We have Christian allies all over the world. As I mentioned, we have 1,500 legislators that are working day and night to stand with Israel in 53 countries. Now you can go to IsraelAllies.org uh, and check out the website and just see the the testimonies the resolutions the statements that are coming from everywhere from brazil uh all the way to uh, lithuania i mean it's it's really an incredible outpouring of support that we never had before and it's because of bible believing christians so you're 100 right jim uh i i about the the other forces who are against us the forces against judeo-christian values but those who support and defend judeo-christian values are coming together as well go
0: ahead but it's shocking to see the number of radical, anti-Semitic, anti-God, the hatred that has risen up in so many places, where before it was in certain pockets, like I would face that in Berkeley or San Francisco, where you have much more radical elements. So when we have pro-Israel events, they would come out violently, but now it's grown and, and we need to wake up and see the the amount of people and who these individuals are they are exposing themselves and and god is allowing to come to light a root of evil that can be so potentially disastrous for all of our nations if we don't if we're silent now if we don't speak up if we don't address it if we don't look and see that this is this is atrocious this is a tragedy that this could happen in our country that there would be groups would protest against israel at this time in my city in my community we need to take action and and speak out and stop that <coughs> this is just more than a root of evil this has grown now into um, a cancer in our society and that we need to address and it needs to be a huge wake-up call to everyone and um, as much as it's bringing the christians together to stand with israel uh, we need to address this evil faction in all of our societies right now. This is unbelievable. Well,
2: the good news, Ros- Rosemary, is, is down now. The lines have been drawn very clear. It's very right. easy to see who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. Before, they would try to, you know, make it colorful that we love Jews but we're anti zionist and uh, it, it was not it's not about Jews at all. And and but now it's very clear. They're saying gas to Jews at these rallies. They're saying death to the Jews. They're attacking Jewish leaders and communities all across the world, from Australia to Detroit, and so now it's very clear where they stand. Now, anti-Semitism is a terrible virus that spreads like wildfire. This isn't a new phenomenon. Well, we've had the—I guess—the most shocking thing is that we've been able to keep anti-Semitism under wraps for this long since the Holocaust, because in every generation there's massive anti-Semitism. But what is anti-Semitism? It's the rejection of God. It's the rejection of God's promises, His Bible, His his prophecies, and his people. And so the Jewish people are always the tip of the sword. But uh, the bad news is is that the enemies of Israel stated very openly that it's first the Saturday people and then the Sunday people. Uh, the, the head of Hamas was on, on record saying that we're going to take care of Israel and then we're going to go after all the Christians. It's the Christians that we're going to uh, destroy and murder in the streets. So the, the, the sides have been drawn. Uh, people who believe in the God of Israel and in the Bible who believe in Judeo-Christian values are on one side, and people who believe who are against—not that they don't believe, but they are against the God of Israel and the Bible—are on the other side, and it, and it's making this unholy alliance of you know, radical Islam, extreme liberals, uh, different groups that would never work together, other than their hatred of the God of Israel.
1: The um, I, I'm really glad one thing you did you said is so needs to be pronounced very very strongly and to our world prayer network family i want you to catch what he said and i'm going to summarize it in my words i'm not it's not exactly the way that joshua just said it but the reason the people hate the jews is because of god the jews gave us understanding of yahweh the jews gave us the torah the teachings they gave us the prophets they gave us the writings they gave us the tanakh gave messiah they gave the teaching on the messiah the expectation of the messiah The Jews gave us all of this. And because of that, because the existence of the Jews and the existence of the state of Israel is an affirmation that God exists. And people don't like to believe that God exists. They want to be God themselves. If there's a God, there's a moral standard. They don't like moral standards. They want to establish their own. And so the Jews, even if a a person claims to be a secular Jew, the very fact that a Jew exists after all they've gone through, the most continuously persecuted people group on the planet. After all this time, the fact that Jews exist and the state of Israel exists is a statement that God exists. And that is why the Jews are persecuted. Joshua, when Rosemary and I spoke at this rally last Sunday, I want to say we're categorical. We're thankful for everybody who will support the Jewish people. So we, we want everybody to stand up. But I was intrigued at the difference between the convictional components that we share as evangelical Christians. We are committed by scripture, Hebrew scriptures. To stand with the jewish people we obey god because he commands us to honor the uh, descendants of abraham isaac and jacob there were other people there from other religions other different all kinds of different categories all kinds of groups i'm not going to mention them including liberal protestants but the fact is it's the the people who believe in the scripture and obey the scripture we're the ones that are convictionally going to be able to stand when the heat comes on us to still stand. With the jewish people because it's a commandment of god and one we're happy to honor
2: yeah absolutely look uh, a good friend always says if you're an atheist in today's world you have to have a lot of faith Uh, because god is showing the world that the jewish people uh, is here that his prophecies are being fulfilled and so it's a big threat to people who don't believe in our judeo-christian values how do you explain to your children that there's no god and the bible isn't true if they can just look and see what's happening in Israel, that the deserts have bloomed. that there was the in-gathering of the Jewish people from the north and south and east and the west, that Jewish children are playing on the streets of Jerusalem. It's just plain fact now that the Bible is not just a storybook or a history book, it's also the accurate predictor of the future. And so what we're seeing is that as Israel grows and becomes a light onto the nations through our technologies and the world sees what's going on, people who reject the God of Israel in the Bible are are threatened. They're saying, "Oh, this is a threat to my way of because I can't explain why you know I my children to my children why don't why don't I believe this?" So the more the success of Israel, the more of God's light shining in the world from Israel, the more ferocious the attack. And I think that we're at a, a pivot point where Christians understand that, and that Christians who believe that they're grafted into the covenant between God and Abraham, they know that they're on the line as well. Uh, the most persecuted people in the world today are not Jews; it's Christians. Uh, it's Christians in northern Africa, in the Middle East, in Asia. Uh, Christians are under attack for for what they believe. So I think they understand that this this is the time that Jews and Christians need to come together, and that's why I'm so thankful to see so many millions of Christians coming out to the street and support us. But that needs to continue. That can't you know be something that you do and then now you're busy. You got to buy dog food. You got to go see the doctor. You got to go see a mechanic for your car. And then you get sidetracked. Right now, the mission of all people who believe in the God of Israel should be to stand together and to support Israel, give them the time to get the job done, and give us the strength to have the resolve to do it right.
1: Pretty strong statement a moment ago you said many people will come out and mourn dead Jews. They just don't want live Jews to fight back. Boy, that's a, that's a jolting statement. But we, we support Israel as Israel has to do. They have to get rid of Hamas. And I hope they go right after Hezbollah and then somehow god give them the wisdom of, of how to just take care of iran at the same time rosemary
0: and as a reminder since the lord fulfilled his covenant and rebirth israel in 1948 and israel was attacked she won that war against all odds in 1967 again israel was under siege by much greater numbers than herself and she Attain the victory. And in 1973, the Yom Kippur War, Israel won that war as well. And they will win this war because it's with God's help. And even, even Yeshua Jesus himself said, salvation is of the Jews. He told a Samaritan woman that salvation is of the Jews. And this is where we are to align ourselves, um, to join in, to participate to pray and call upon the name of the Lord who is going to give an astounding victory to Israel and give back even more of the covenant land in his faithfulness and bring the knowledge of himself upon all nations. This is a merciful thing that will take place and he will show the world that the that God Israel, that Israel is his nation and the Jewish people his covenant bride.
1: And I just want to remind all of you, even though Josh has correctly said that Israel is a powerful country, and it is, and they have one of the greatest armies, if not the greatest army, and it is, at the same time, they do need our help, our financial help. And I want to encourage you once again, we've been sending funds as rapidly as we possibly can get them in. You'll go to wellversedworld.org, wellversedworld.org. If you'll go there and just scroll down, it'll say updates on Israel. Click on that. And then that will take you to a give page, donate to Israel. Then you'll go in a place where you can put a dollar amount. And you click on select the fund, select Israel relief. Now, where's that going? A major portion of it is going. because Remember, there's three hundred to 400,000 or more reservists called up with almost no warning, four hours warning. They didn't have the military equipment gear already. And so we're giving uh, military grade jackets, socks, gloves, blankets. Remember, we think of Israel as being hot. But this is coming into the winter season and many of them are up there on the Lebanese border and it can get very cold. And so they need they need equipment, neck warmers. even We're buying neck warmers and getting them in. The second thing we're giving is what's called my medic kits. Two of our friends just flew over and took a whole lot of shipment from the medic kits that you helped buy. These are small little red bags and they're actually creating camouflage ones now. But to help uh, what's called pre-hospital trauma uh, to, to help in in, in with clotting and this kind of thing to stop bleeding. And so that's a critical one. Uh, another part of the funds is going to an organization in Samaria where the uh, Jewish communities are putting together packages as fast as we can. And we're helping give them the funds. These are care packages that have just kind of everything a soldier needs in terms of basic supplies. And uh, and so we're donating to that as quickly as we can. So if you will go right now to well World. Dot org and you'll uh, click on updates from Israel and then go to right where it says donate and then click on Israel relief and we'll get that to the to the front lines as fast as we possibly can thank you for loving the Jewish people loving the state of Israel and Josh you're always a, you're always a blessing you're you're profoundly informed you're articulate you're you're one smart guy and I always love hanging out with you anytime we can we were supposed to be in Israel right now yeah uh, oh, we wow. yeah, were still in Jerusalem right Right now so we're, we're going to get back with you one of these times and uh, get to see you and, and your family anything else Joshua that we do you want to say as a final parting thought
2: well I want to leave it uh, on a good note and and of course uh, Jim and Rosemary, we can't wait to see you back here in Israel I'm, there are so many Christians who are waiting to come back home here uh, to see us to love on us and to be with us so we're excited about that day It's it's coming coming soon. But I I want to leave on a positive note. You know, this story, uh, our past, our present, our future has been foretold. And and I, for one, take great solace in the fact that there will be peace in Jerusalem. Uh, The question is, are we going to go the easy way and the hard way? And history has told us that we always go the hard way. And I'm hoping this time that we have the resolve to get the job done, because we definitely have the weapons and the army and, and, and everything going for us and God of Israel, obviously, on our side, walking before us. So... We really just need to have the resolve to get the job done and get rid of this threat once and for all. But I would just ask all the people watching to, to pray for Israel. You know, we, we believe in the power of prayer. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray that God will strengthen our leadership. Pray for the soldiers when they go into battle. Pray also for the wounded, the hostages, uh, the people who are killed and the comfort of their families from God above. And also praise. Praise God for his mercy. Uh, Praise God for what he does for Israel, how he's fulfilled his prophecies. And praise God for what he's about to do to our enemies. So thank you, Jim and and, and Rosemary, for for the opportunity to get together. And uh, I hope to see all of you again next year in Jerusalem.